Welcome to an all new episode of Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and today I'm joined by this this is a treat for me actually folks i'm joined by joe watson and dj two-tone jones shaolin jazz welcome to the podcast oh yo peace peace thanks for having us yes yeah for so for those who are who are undipped um so i you know we talked a little bit before i hit the, the record button the little red circle or what have you and i was just talking about like you guys um i came across you guys like a while back but the, it was just like out of serendipity that january I, I watched the whole state of baltimore thing our whole political race here and then i got tickets mm-hmm. to the creative alliance thing and i was like all right so i guess i'm going there and it was the whole playoffs night and all of this stuff and i was like <laughs> Yo, being a bad Baltimorean, but I definitely came to the show wearing my leather kimono and that's what I was doing that night. Mm-hmm. So, yes, like, yes. you know, you guys are doing a combination of things that, that I dig, but I'm going to let, you know, one of you guys like describe what you guys do. What is Shaolin Jazz? Put people on, let them know what's good. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, you you want to get this? Uh, so I'll, I'll start with uh, <laughs> with the first half. So, um, Shaolin, yeah, so Shaolin Jazz. Yeah. What we do is, and who we are is, um, we what we do is we create uh, events and um, <clears throat> content uh, that highlight the parallels between hip hop, jazz, and martial arts. And so we do that through a range of uh, you know content from. Uh, graphic design, you know, posters and things of that nature. Um, you know, let's say anything digital and, and even apparel, uh, to events, which range from, uh, lectures where we discuss the parallels between, uh, hip hop and jazz, as well as, um, live music events, uh, where we're, you know, have a DJ leading a live band who are playing tracks from, uh, music that we created, um, which is where Shaolin Jazz really comes from, which is a mixtape where we've used uh, Wu-Tang acapellas and jazz instrumentals. So there's the live performance side of Shaolin Jazz. And then there's also um, the event that you came to, uh, which uh, which was uh, which is an event called Can I Kick It, uh, where we fuse uh, a classic, uh, cult classic martial arts movies um, with uh, a live music via a DJ. And so, yeah, two tone. I, I, you know, you you can you can go from there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much it in a uh, nutshell. I mean, it 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 uh, like you said, it all stemmed from like a, a mixtape concept that uh, um, you know, Gerald hit me up about, and you know, we basically started executing from there back in uh, two thousand eleven, I believe. Yeah, so almost ten years, and uh, yeah, mo- you know, more recently. Uh, of all the different engagements we do that the can I kick it one is definitely like the one that is, that is really, um, come to the forefront in, in a lot of what we do. Um, and it's, uh, you know, as you got a chance to witness, is this a kind of, you know, our, a unique, you know, movie experience where, where, you know, you're still, and I guess to, to kind of elaborate a little bit more on what Gerald said in terms of like, you know, with the live music added to it, um, it's not, you know, you, you know, just, a movie playing and then a DJ spinning and then that's it. But, um, it's, it's an actual like live scoring experience where you still follow the dialogue in the film and what's going on in the film. And, and it's not, you know, the music doesn't, 
um, completely like overtake mm-hmm. anything, but it, it really just is a, a, a remixed live score, um, done, you know, through turntables basically. And, um, and, you know, through it, it's, it's, it's cool because, you know, we found over time do- doing these films beyond just the simple, you know, notion of like, Hey, it'd be cool to have some like dope hip hop music when these dudes are fighting, when this martial arts stuff. But then, you know, we've gotten, kind of deeper with it to where it's like, yeah, you know, even beyond the fighting, how can we find different music or use different songs or different instrumentals and sounds to further accentuate or pull out different things that are going on in each scene based on what's going on in each scene. So, you know, touching on the themes of what's going on through the music itself and matching those things. So, um, you know, whether it's like a, a, a club scene, you know, or a party scene in a, in a martial arts film. And then, you know, we pair with some, you know, you know, some bad boy <laughs> party music or something like that. Or, um, you know, or whether it's, it's, you know, um, some, some staff sword fighting and we're using some, you know, uh, you know, some Wu Tang stuff that's, that's hitting on, on that with the, the martial arts samples. Like we truly try to kind of match everything with the music. So really cool experience. Um, it's, it's definitely taking challenge as, you know, up a notch with, with, with all we do. But, um, but as Gerald mentioned, I mean, you know, can I kick it is still just one of several things we do, you know, under the brand of challenge. That's, that's dope. Like, I and going there, like I like to like watch almost like go back and kind of watch these cult classic films. These uh we're going to do a viewing. I, I like that. And that's what I got out of it. But in, mm-hmm. in going to, to Can I Kick It? It was just like, yeah, this is with better music. You know, this is with uh, like something that yeah. kind of works better. <laughs> and, you know, as a person that when I'm watching something, I like to be informed. So I'm like, all right, I know this sample. I know this song. Oh, who's this person? And I'm just finding mm-hmm. myself doing that, but kind of in those breaks and those intermissions. So yeah, it's um definitely mm-hmm. a, a great experience. And I would recommend anybody check you guys out, whether you have the, 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 the online component to it now, or, you know, once we mm-hmm. get back oh, yeah. to some yeah. degree of normalcy, but in that, I kind of, I kind of mm-hmm. maybe, kind of maybe buried the lead a little bit with that, but in what ways has like what you guys do, your, your, your business, your brand, how has that changed your, your creative project, your creative product rather, um, during COVID? How's that changed? Well, I mean, we, we are, are um, you know, d- yeah. digital now. I mean, you know, traditionally, um, you know, like all of our engagements, they're live engagements. We certainly enjoy those, and we've been doing those since. Uh, and and Tutone and I have been longtime friends and collaborators, uh, business partners for a while. So we we've conducted mm-hmm. a variety of engagements, a lot of art shows, a lot of music engagements, just a lot of. So we we're used to working in that space, and with COVID, you obviously have to adapt to the situation and. Uh, you know, fortunately, what we do can live in a digital space. So, uh, you know, now the event just, uh, comes to, uh, to stream, you know, or, or comes home, you know, or comes to your home rather. So that is, you know, it, it's obviously a bit different because, you know, the, the crowd engagement, <clears throat> you know, is maybe via chat. <laughs> um, but, sure. um, you know, it, it's, it's us being able to, you know, nonetheless fulfill the kind of, um, you know, conduct the, continue to conduct our engagements, uh, you know, nonetheless. I mean, it, it's, you know, we would love to, and we're certainly looking forward to, 
you know, getting back out there. But, um, you know, as long as we can still do them, oh, very much. you know, that becomes the most important thing. And, you know, because there is so much, um, you know, we're, we're getting, you know, so much news by the second and we're trying to figure out, you know, what kind of math to get, what kind of food to eat, stay away from this. Stay away from this. So right. there's a lot that we're being hit with every day. Right. And so, you know, we need these outlets. People, you know, need these outlets. And so, and us as creatives, we also need outlets of our own in terms of us being able to use our platform as an outlet um, to continue what we're doing. So um, that, that becomes, you know, one of the, um, you know, important things in terms of just how COVID hits. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of, a lot of businesses have, have run into it. And I think like we, we all have to cope with what this is now and how it's being rolled out and, and how it's affecting people's different lives, mm-hmm. let alone their, their businesses. And the, the thing that I appreciate when, um, brands, when companies, they can find a way to pivot, you know, like I know a lot of restaurants and, and so on, and they're being hit extremely hard because it's definitely, if you got a certain amount of seats and you can't fill those seats, then, it changes everything that oh, you're yeah. going to do. So seeing places turn their thing into a bottle shop and ultimately it's like, how can you take whatever your product is and bring it home? And definitely seeing the option of maybe, you know, a shell and jazz VOD or, or something on those lines. It's, um, it's good to hear that you guys found that pivot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys are doing that pivot and just see it and not being stubborn. Like some people are like stubborn. It's like, I'm only going to do it in person and everything else be damned. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we were, you know, I, I, I can't lie. Like when, when this first st- stuff first hit, like I, I, part of me was still, you know, feeling a little bit, a little bit like that. And, and I think honestly, we were, you know, definitely approach this in a more stubborn way before COVID, you know, we, we, we want our event to be something where you have to be there to experience, experience it and, and not, um, you know, for also for other legal yeah. reasons, not do things such as like recording what we do and, and having it live online for people to, you know, check out anytime. But, um, but yeah, this is definitely like, you know, change things a little bit. We still don't you know, allow a lot of content to really just kind of live up on the, on the, net after we're done so it is still a thing of like you got to catch mm-hmm. it in real time um and we try to provide opportunities for people to see it again you know we, we restream the films now like a week after we we perform them and um but you know but yeah you know definitely with the covid and everything like that it's like yeah you gotta yeah folks have to adapt we got to bring the music and the art things like that to people you know as best we can and so it- uh, you know, it's, it's definitely the, the the thing that I keyed in on is definitely that kind of if you didn't see it, you missed it kind of approach. And, you know, that's one of the oh, things yeah. I don't know if you guys watched um, that show, The Get Down. It was on Netflix. But as you remember mm-hmm. the way that they showed, mm-hmm. uh, what was it like, um, what was it maybe Cool Herc or what have you? It's like, or, or it was either Cool Herc or Grandmaster Flash, but it's like, yo, don't nobody. I don't do tapes. Like, don't record. Don't record my thing or what have you. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were there, yeah. you got it when you oh, were there. Yeah, no, yeah. No. that was that was a thing from yeah. that to you know yeah. them covering you know their their albums so people couldn't see you know the the, the artists and all that. And that that was definitely a you know that idea, especially like originality, is important because mm-hmm. you know that that's your signature in a sense. It helps to define who you are, just like with jazz. 
<clears throat> you know, something that we talk about with jazz, you know, original style is so very important. So, um, you know, it, it's cool that, um, you know, it, it's funny that you mentioned that because when the show came out, people were like, you know, for sure hitting us up. Like, have you seen the show? And Shower and Fantastic and <laughs> all this other type stuff. And, um, I was like, nah, that's yeah. definitely. And so it's a great show, but it, it was it was great that, you know, there are all these and people can see like that relationship between martial arts and hip hop, even in that format. Absolutely. So, you know, kind of a bit off topic yeah. from where you started from, but, it, you know, it's just kind of, you know, kind of cool and seeing that, that drop. So too bad Netflix. Uh, I don't know what happened with that. <laughs> why they, why they, they, they said it was go. expensive, man. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. Um, wow. Yeah. Apparently it was, it was a money thing. It, and that's why part of the delay happened with that second half. And, you know, it was just disappointing because you, you know, you like to see it. Like my, my girl is from New York and she's in her forties and she was like, I live through this. I live through this. And I'm like, all right, cool. And it was definitely mm-hmm. one of those kind of bonding experiences. And she was just like, man, I'm pulling out the crates. I'm pulling out these old tracks, listening to some of the stuff in there, at least the, the vibes that were presented in it. Um, so let, let's get back to, let's see, I got this question here. Um, um, mm-hmm. a little hokey, but, Maybe favorite martial arts movie and favorite mm-hmm. hip hop or jazz album and, or and jazz album, which whatever one you choose, but Ooh, yeah, you know, nice. throw it out. Right. Uh, or some see. of your favorites. It doesn't have to be favorite. like my number one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's, 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 that's always a, there's never, there's never a, a one time, one, one answer fits all for, for this kind right. of thing. But, um, uh, I would say, uh, man, favorite martial arts film. I mean, I'm trying to think of like, I'll, I'll try to narrow it down by like favorite martial arts film that we've, okay. we've featured oh, yeah. before. Um, and that's still, I mean, we've <laughs> so many. Right. Uh, I was so mad that I missed Enter the Dragon. I was like, damn it. What did I do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hate to go, go keep going back to that one, but you know, Enter the Dragon is just, it was just yeah, just all around dope. Um, I think had a had a nice combination just of, of of everything, and it's 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 the most inspiring martial arts film made. It's the most quotable <laughs> from a martial arts film. I mean, and just even just the style of of Jim Kelly and that you know that film kicking off his career alone. Um, yeah, I mean, and it was it was Bruce's best. Period. It was Bruce Lee's best film from start to finish. Yeah, I, I, I had to go with the end of the dragon. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, Joe, I'll let you say your favorite film and now I'll, I'll pick back up <laughs> on album. Um, so, my favorite film is, is, is funny. It, it, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of one of two. I mean, because we're, uh, you know, from watching from us doing this, there are like so many different films that I'm, you know, we're now up on and, uh, which is, which is great, you know, uh, especially watching, you know, martial arts films back in the day on Kung Fu theater and Kung Fu cinema on Saturdays and Sundays. And, uh, I, so, you know, without, you know, with not, without going into more, I'll say revenge of the ninja, uh, it's just, you know, okay. filmatic, uh, <laughs> late 80s, uh, ninja film. Like, and so this is when, like, 
Yeah. Right when this popped off, it was like everybody wanted to be a ninja for Halloween forever. Like it was, it was that. So that's when the ninja craze jumped off. Like this movie was like led that that charge. I'll say that. So really, really cool film. I definitely recommend it. It was just on. It was just on last night too. <laughs> I just, it was just on last nice, night. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, man. So Revenge of the Ninja Shogun Shogi is the uh, star of that film. He's actually a really super accomplished um, uh, martial artist and, and filmmaker, I should say. So there's like a bunch of like there's a bunch like Into the Ninja, Revenge of the Ninja, and like there's a whole series of these ninja films uh, that he um, that he put out. So. And started so that would be my my favorite uh, martial arts film. So, um, and then yeah, go ahead, yeah. go ahead, oh, yeah. uh, go. Uh, shoot, album. I guess hopping back to albums. Uh, uh, no, it's a hard man. one. It's a hard um, one. Maybe something that might complement uh, Enter the Dragon, or maybe complement that movie choice. I'm, I I don't know. <laughs> uh, somewhat, I'll say that. Uh, yeah, one, one I can kind of give you is uh, this is my yeah my favorite soundtrack of all time, and one of my favorite albums uh, is um, Curtis Mayfield's Superfly. That's, oh yeah, my favorite heavy hitter. Yeah, yeah. it's like my first. My, that was my first love in terms of a, a, a movie soundtrack um, from from back in the day, but. Um, yeah, man, that that that's only can't tell me nothing about that album, man. <laughs> every track, every single track. Um, so yeah, that's uh, I'll stick with that one. Word, word. Uh, so yeah, album for me, I gotta I gotta take it to to my guys, man. Uh, De La Soul, Three Feet High, Rising. Um, you know, I didn't yeah. say that. I mean, that, you know, because when I, it was funny. I saw. <laughs> And I always hate to bring it up, but it's actually a funny story. When I first saw that album, it was a cassette. Um, I was at a festival. And so, and I didn't know what like bootlegs were. And so when I saw it, I was like, oh man, these guys look like me. Like, especially Posse reminded me of myself. And, but I didn't know what bootlegs were. But when I opened the cassette, I was like, man, these don't look like liner notes. It was the photo color photocopy. <laughs> Of the, of the damn cover of the cassette. So, which I probably pay, I don't know, at the time, you know, $8 or something like that. But, you know, the sound was, was there. The sound was on point, And that just totally flipped me out, man. I was, um, you know, for, for you know, still to this day, you know, I was like, this is the kind of music. That, and it was Run DMC's first first album as well, actually, uh, were the two joints I, I first bought, ever first bought. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. That that daylight hit different for me. Yeah, it's crazy. I didn't know your your uh, three feet high and rising was a bootleg because my one of my favorite uh, albums, hip hop albums of all time, is uh, is Daylight Soul is oh, Dead, wow. and I got that from like my sister had it on tape, and I took it <laughs> from her. And, and saying, like, funny thing though, when I opened it up, I was like, why are they like, why don't the line of notes come out? And why is this, why does this look like a photocopy? <laughs> so that was a bootleg too. Right. But the sound was, was great. And, and man, yeah, I love that, that, that album from like the, like for me, that album was like the best sketch, skits, hip hop skits for me 
is is uh or like the pinnacle of like hip hop skits and comedy with the skits and sketches and interludes. De La Soul is dead is like that to me is a blueprint, a masterpiece of like a hip hop album in terms of songs, interludes and skits. That's that's yeah, De La Soul is dead for me. So okay. yeah. Um be I'd be remiss uh if I didn't try to establish uh, since the, the crux of the show, as I kind of explained a little bit earlier, is that um, just highlighting artists and that have a connection to either Baltimore or DMV or what have you. So do you guys have a connection mm-hmm. to Baltimore or to DMV what, what, outside of maybe uh, doing shows in this area? What is your connection? Oh, yeah, I got one. Uh, definitely strong one. Um, so my my uh, my father is born and raised in Baltimore. And so I grew up, um, even though I'm, I'm originally from Charlotte, North Carolina, I grew up going to Baltimore to visit grandparents and and other family every, every year, every summer. Um, so like I grew up going to the harbor, having crabs. Um, uh, they lived, um, outside of the city, but near, near this golf course, Carroll Park. Um, and, and yeah, literally right across the street. So we used to just like walk. You know, go in the backyard, walk across the street, and we were on the course. And we, you know, that's like my begin, early beginnings of playing golf as well. But, um, so yeah, so my dad's side of the family, you know, from B more. And then, um, and then, uh, yeah, I just happened to move up to DC, uh, after college. And I've kind of been stuck in the area ever since. So, you know, yeah, uh, I love being more at home. Yeah, yeah. man. We- uh, we, we, I mean, it's, I think it's a unique place. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we, we draw, we're like almost a proving ground in some ways. I think we draw in like unique talent and, you know, I think the thing that, that people were like, at least creators, there's a lot of people that come into Baltimore, even though like I find like a lot of times Baltimore really doesn't get the acknowledgement for some of the things that are here, you know, certain scenes that are here, food scene, the art scene and so on. And, you know, I think mm-hmm. like people come up here and the real people know, like the people who are in it, they get it. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you kind of got to pass these tests in Baltimore because they're not about BS. And that's, I think that's what like oh, artists yeah. appreciate and creatives appreciate. And that's why it's like, if I can make it here, you know, they, they say New York all the time, but if I can make it here, I can make it, you know, anywhere else. So I think that's a, a piece of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, most yeah, definitely. Yeah. Baltimore, man, has this. A great, great vibe, man. It's a great art, um, art scene. I just, yeah, I've always loved the vibe. Yeah, I mean, it's a great, a great art scene. Yeah, In some ways, yeah. it reminds me of Philly, you know, because Philly has, you know, this great, you know, uh, uh, music mm-hmm. scene, a great, you know, visual art scene, and performance scene. I mean, a lot of artists, um, and, you know, and being from D.C., um, you know, there's certain artists that would go to Baltimore first before they come to D.C. or wouldn't come to D.C., um, just because they couldn't get oh, the yeah. kinds of shows that mm-hmm. they were getting in Baltimore. And so that's, you know, spots like Sonar that used to just pop and just you would, you, we would drive over, yeah. you oh, know, yeah. or drive up rather, you know, just Man. because there's so many shows that just like, you're not going to see Peanut Butter Wolf in DC, but you'll see him in Baltimore, you know, six times out the year or something like that. So, um, you know, it's always been like, you know, that kind of spot, uh, for me, you know, and just, you know, early on, you know, just my connection is, is that, but then also, you know, younger still, you know, the power plant, you know, that was, you know, that, that spot to go to, it was like almost like an indoor, 
amusement park of sorts. You know, just all kinds of activities, <laughs> really cool things that were popping off up in the power plant. It's almost like if Sharper Image was a spot that you could go to and actually like really touch everything and getting everything, it was it was cool. But beyond that, yeah, man, just just like a, a you know a, a different vibe, a cool vibe. Um, you know, especially on that, that, you know, the arts and uh, entertainment scene. So, um, yeah. you know, it, it, it's typically, you know, again, this one of those spots that is, uh, you know, shown us love in a variety of ways. That's, that's great. That's great. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and speaking on be more too, I got to, uh, quickly shout out to man, rest in peace to my man, uh, Bruce Cooley. Um, who, who is, uh, him and, um, and, and my sister, Miss, Missy, uh, was always, um, definitely Missy was put, used to put, put together the, uh, the Be More Dilla events and, and Bruce was, was uh, involved in that as well. And, and, and I got a chance to be at their wedding and Be More as well, but, uh, Bruce recently passed away. Um, but, but good dude. And, and yeah, someone who I met just, you know, in that scene and Be More, man, just one of many good people from there as, as well. So. Um, yeah, man, love, love be more. We, if anything, and, and Gerald could, could definitely tell you, man, uh, I was, I was real, real ecstatic about, uh, us locking in somewhat of a residency <laughs> at Creative Alliance and be more. That was really a goal of mine was like, I want to be able to do Can I Kick It on a regular basis and be more, you know, almost like we do here in DC. So that, that one was definitely an important gig for, for, for us to get. Um, and, uh, I hate that, you know, COVID did what it did, but, um, hey, as long as Creative Alliance, you know, still stands, you know, past this, then, you know, we still potentially have a, have a, you know, look forward to having hopefully a home there and be more what we do as well. That's great. And that, so, and that, that kind of yeah. gets me into, um, and this is towards like the last few questions I have before I give you guys a chance to do some shameless, shameless, shameless plugs. But, um, yeah. the last, last yeah. few questions Very I got, shame. um, and maybe I'll combine these two. Um, and I, I'll ask both of them, but answer them however you want to, because I think they kind of combine themselves. But, um, what would you say that seminal, seminal experience, that aha moment for you as a creative has been? And maybe part B to that would be, what would you say your crowning achievement creatively or, you know, within this project or this business, uh, what would you say that crowning achievement is? Mm. You want to go first, D? <laughs> um, <laughs> man, all right, well, <laughs> uh, I mean, there's, you know, to be, you know, frank for me, I mean, there's been a variety of things. I mean, just, um, I'll tell you like this, what I enjoy most is having an idea, bringing it to life. And, and, you know, if people take to it, then that's great. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there, you know, I've had a lot of proud moments. Um, I've worked in, you know, music and worked in the fashion streetwear scene specifically for uh, a number of years. And so it's great to, you know, be able to, you know, build something with people or create something original and put that in the, in the, you know, uh, universe and see what happens. And, you know, when things hit, it's great. And, um, you know, because it, you really, it's, it's about, you know, what I enjoy doing and, um, you know, not for any particular reason other than that, like, Oh, I'm going to do this or this or this because I want this and this and this, it's, you know, having an idea and, and sharing it with people. Um, 
so and uh, you know so I to sum it up uh, uh, in a in a sec it's like you know challenge jazz really is one of those things where you know despite all the other stuff I've done and I've worked with a variety of you know let's just say your you know bigger brands and things of that nature and you know that's all been cool and interesting but um you know for something to you know come the way this has you know with challenge jazz form and really be taken um you know taken on by the public the way it has it's been you know nothing short of phenomenal on the rail i mean this is um you know this has you know created a community um it has allowed us to travel globally um this has allowed us to work with a variety and you know develop communication with a variety of our favorite artists djs I mean, you name it. I mean, there's still more who we'd love to, you know, talk to and communicate and perhaps work with. But um, it has opened a lot of doors. You know, I'll say that from us traveling to Ethiopia to us building relationships with artists like Smith and Wesson. I mean, it just, you know, I don't know when it even goes through all of it. But you know, and this is a simple <laughs> idea. You know that that yeah. You know, me coming to two tone with an idea and him saying, okay, let me see what I can do. And just, you know, it really, you know, him putting together the music the way he did, and it really set things uh, uh, off, I'll, I'll say. And, um, you know, it's it's been, you know, it's something that we continue to do and still continues to open doors and, and be generous to us. So, uh, you know, that's, I'll say for sure, Sean Jazz is, you know, uh, my crowning achievement up to this point. That's great. Um, yeah, yeah. And I guess to add on, um, it, I would say, you know, in terms of an aha moment for me in, I guess, in, yeah, in my life, so to speak, or, or you know, what I do, um, was really, I, I, and I guess it wasn't a specific moment more so than just the, the evolution of this over time, but, um, me getting into DJing, um, was, was, was something for me was like a, a, an aha thing in terms of, I almost feel like finding my comfort zone, finding like what I, I something I felt more confident than, in than anything else that I had tried up to that point. Um, and yeah, you know, and this is something I actually, I didn't get into DJing until after, after college. Um, and when I moved up to DC. So DC, I moved up to DC in 2001, um, and started grad school up here, which is why pretty much why I came to, came to the area. And as a hobby, I picked it up and just kind of taught myself and, and just kind of went from there and just naturally just got into it. And, and it was just, again, something that really built my confidence in terms of even just how I interacted with folks to, to, you know, having this sense of like, you know, knowing that like I could, I can do, you know, I can kind of work myself in these spaces, um, just as well as like anybody else. And in some degree, you know, in more ways than some other folks. So I just kind of over time, you know, DJing really got me into a lot of things and I've been able to get into a lot of things because of DJing. And so, um, you know, I take pride in not only being able to like, Hey, I can, you know, play a few records at a lounge or at a party, but, I can perform on stage with an artist. I can perform in a, in a band with yeah. musicians and, you know, I can improvise just like they do, or I can teach this. 
or I can use this as a point of reference for like doing a lecture at a university or, you know, so it's just, um, you know, and then hey, I can create mixtapes. I can do a little bit of blends and production. So there's, you know, so much, you know, I've, I've kind of like, you know, uh, just, just dove into and just has, has become a part of who I am is, is because of DJing. And, um, and yeah, that led, you know, inevitably, you know, me getting into DJing is just one of those things that led me to, you know, connecting with Gerald and meeting Gerald some time ago, not long after I got to DC and got into DJing and, um, and then, just us over time working together, you know, that, yeah, in terms of just the uh, a highlight of my career, kind of, yeah, just, just one of the greatest things is definitely, you know, I say just like Gerald Shalin Jazz um, of, of everything I've, I've done DJ wise or DJ related. This, this is like, this is meant the most to me. This is like done the most for me. And it's really, um, it has definitely allowed me to check off, you know, certain things that I've wanted to accomplish as a DJ that um, for most of my career, you know, I, I kind of saw it as like, Hey, I, my goal is to travel as a DJ. And, you know, I think most, most DJs kind of see that as like, you know, or some ways I saw it as like, if I could just get on tour with somebody or if I can be somebody's tour DJ and they can take me around. Boom. And even, you know, that never really happened for me the way that I thought it would or hoped it would, despite all that I accomplished. Uh, but Shaolin Jazz has, has basically done that for me. So, yeah, like Gerald said, you know, we've gone out of the country, you know, once or twice. Um, and we've gone to so many different places in this, in this country that I never thought, we, you know, <laughs> right. towns I never heard of before <laughs> to, <laughs> and it's, and I love it. I love, I love, I love going to the big cities and I love going to the small, you know, spec town, you know, highway exit size towns, <laughs> whatever else, college right. towns. I mean, just something that's different and new, but it's man experiences that, you know, um, that I've shared. And I, I won't say I, I will never forget because at this point we have gone to so many different colleges and different places that sometimes I do have to get reminded of like certain trips <laughs> that we've been on. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's just, it's, yeah, like I said, it's, it's, um, Shaolin Jazz, we, we, to, to be able to, you know, yeah, to be able to say from a mixtape concept off of Wu Tang and jazz music, we've gotten into the, we've gotten on, on stage in front of a sold out audience at the Kennedy Center. We've been in the embassy and, you know, in Ethiopia with, with delegates and representatives from the U.S. and from Ethiopia and, uh, perform with, you know, jazz musicians from over there to, doing stuff with Smithsonian's and lecturing the colleges, universities, like, you know, I, I have fun saying that sometimes when we're at, at a lecture, being, being able to say like, yo, it's crazy. <laughs> that I get to like reference old dirty bastard to yeah. you all yeah, in, yeah. in a lecture <laughs> setting. Um, and on a slide, get paid for yeah. it too, you know? So, uh, you know, I love it, man. Um, and it's all based off, you know, like Gerald said, it's, it's stuff we like, man, stuff we're into, I, you know, I'm a hip hop head. I'm a music, you know, a music lover. Um, I like Kung Fu flicks, you know, growing up watching that sure. stuff or what have you. So being able to fuse all of this as creatively as we can is, is man, yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's definitely work, you know, of course, with whatever you try to do as a career, but, um, yeah, man, I can't, you know, I wouldn't ask for anything different. Yeah. You know, the, so, the hurdles yeah, aren't, so aren't it, that much of, of the kinds of hurdles at the end of the day. 
Yeah. Yeah. Compared to what we accomplished, mm-hmm. it's man, I'll take those hurdles. Oh yeah, the the technical <laughs> difficulties and <Whoa>. yeah, <laughs> the customs issues and all that. You know, I'll take so, all of it. Yeah, that's like, and you know, I've been podcasting for eleven years. Um, I just hit my uh, three hundredth oh, episode so. of one of my one that's of my so. shows. Thank you, right. thank you. Getting of it and kind of having that. Thank you. And, and kind of having that same, like, I'm, I'm here at it and I'm like, that sounds very familiar. Like, like Tito, that sounds very familiar to mm-hmm. like my reasoning for getting into it. Um, I, I always tell people like Albert Hainsworth is the reason why I started podcasting. And they're like, what are you talking oh, about? It's like, mm-hmm. you got a huge contract the day that I put a mic on. And I was like, I'm fat. I can take up space. Let me be, a, let me be a, a person on a defunct Washington team. And, you know, and I was just like, just having my, you know, snarky opinion on current events. And I was like, I want to talk about things that interest me. I want to talk about things that I like. And it's afforded mm-hmm. me the opportunity yeah. to kind of dive back into stuff that I did as a kid. Um, one goofy idea I had of like cats as lawyers, I turned it into a comic book and that was a mm-hmm. podcast conversation. So, oh, wow. Definitely being able to take something and say, you know, I'm going to remix this and I'm going to do something else with it is definitely inspiring is definitely um, I I just like what I heard there. And I just wanted to share that with you. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And that's hip hop mm -hmm. at the end of the day, man, taking taking stuff and remixing it and representing it, repackaging it and uh, yeah, revisiting it in certain ways, man. That's that's. That's I pride myself right on being subversive, uh, reverend and just DIY. Um, so I, the, uh, yeah. the one last question I have and then, you know, shameless plug and all of that stuff is how, mm-hmm. how important would you say that I think a lot of creatives run into this kind of issue when they're working with the creative side of things and also working with the business side of things? I think it's compounded when it may be one person. Now, obviously, the two of you are working in tandem and you may have other people that you're working with to kind of put out like your ultimately your product or what have you. So what what are your, your thoughts on like the convergence of business and creativity, how those things can work in tandem? Well, I, I think it, it just... Um, uh, go, ahead, go ahead. Uh, 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 go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no. no you go I, ahead, you go I ahead. was just going to... Okay. Uh, well, I was, yeah, I'll say, <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> Flip a coin. Nah, I, I'll say some real, real quick. Uh, I'll just say this real quick. Um, you know, uh, business, you know, a, as a creative, you know, if, if you want, you know, your create, you know, whatever you do creatively to be, you know, something that, you know, puts food on the table for yourself then, you know, business, you know, you have to understand business goes along with this. And the, and the more that you're on top of your business um, and consistent with that, the more you allow yourself the opportunity to, to you know, use your creativity to, again, uh, you know, uh, provide for yourself. But, but know that, yeah, you got to, you have to be on top of your business in different ways. And, and unfortunately, that sometimes, you know, means that you have to, even as you're creating, sometimes you have to be mindful of how um, whatever you do leads to or set yourself up for, you know, making money or, um, 
you know, providing different resources or opportunities for yourself. Not to say you got to like compromise all the time or anything like that, but, but do know that, you know, it's, it's not always going to be black and white sometimes too, when it comes to, um, you know, you doing everything that you want to exactly how you want to and not having to worry about other things or, um, you know, you, you have to, you know, I learned early on as a DJ, um, and then this, you know, nobody told me this or anything. Of course, I was getting into this as a hobby, but, um, I learned kind of early on, like in order to really do this, um, to be a DJ, to be able to go out and perform at places, different clubs and lounges or whatever else, get in spaces. Mm-hmm. I got to promote myself. I got to be my manager. I got to be my marketer. Like, you know, if I, if I have flyers for an event, I got to be the one out in the street, you know, handing those out yeah. sometimes. I got to be the one hitting, hitting the cars. Like, you know, what I mean, I'm, I'm, Kind of happy for the more of the digital age and people, you know, getting, getting their stuff on Instagram or whatever else. But, you know, uh, yeah, you know, I definitely put that time in. Um, but yeah, you have to like take care of all these things. Like, Hey, I had to, I have to do, you know, produce my contracts and my invoices and take care of my W9, like all of that stuff. So, you know, this stuff that you will have to kind of learn and pick up on. And the more that you know, and you can handle on your own, the less you have to, the less you will have to delegate to somebody else or be rely, rely on somebody else in order for you to get, you know, get certain things done. So, um, you know, yeah, so you gotta, it's, it's, and I think this is within almost any profession, you know, if you want to like run your own business or yeah, do your own thing, if it's, you know, it might not be about, some business number, number stuff, you know, it might be like, yeah, I want to, I want to sell candles. Cool. That's great. But guess what? You still need to know certain things about like supply and demand and yeah. know how contracts work and know how this and that works. Yes. You can like, you know, delegate that out to somebody else, but chances are you got to pay for right. that too. And that's more money you got to make or whatever. You're not starting off with that kind of capital. So, um, yeah, the more, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's just, just if anything else, like you got to put that extra work in, in terms of like the more you can, you can do and know that, you know, you'll need to do for yourself in order to get your business to the next level. Um, yeah. I mean, the further you can go without, you know, with stretching your own <laughs> money too, you know? So a lot of what we do is challenge as, you know, we've talked about Gerald and I've definitely talked about this to, to even students before it's like, we use our challenge as an example of like a DIY kind of project. We, to date, we, um, you know, we didn't, we didn't need any like startup capital or money to, you know, get challenge as off the ground. And any money we've spent is basically money we've made at this point. But like, you know, getting creative with what resources we have at our disposal. Um, and it's because of our experience too, you know, honestly, um, uh, and timing that we, we know what we knew what resources we had at our disposal. We had ideas of like what we could do to get, you know, folks interested or get the word out or get more dialogue behind this thing or, you know, what's going to get people to keep looking at the promotion over and over again. What free platforms can we promote this on? So like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, um, you know, just be, you got to, as a creative, you got to be open minded and, and open to like, yeah, again, soaking up as much information as you can to like learn how you can, yeah, just, just operate as a business and take what you're doing as far as you can. So that's good. Thank you. Now let's go G. Sorry. (laughs) Um, 
No, I, I think you know what what uh, you know. Tone is saying is correct. I mean, if you you know look, if, if you um, you know want to make a living off of your art, you are going to have to understand that you know there is the business side of it. And that's you know the biggest thing that uh, you know, I think the most important thing that I can I can impart on on that end. You know, it, it's. You know, because either way, there has to be some structure to it and so on and so forth. It's, again, you, unless you just want it to be a hobby, which is fine too, you know, where you just, you know, it's not the end all and be all. But, you know, if you really want to turn into something, then you have to, you know, it's like anything else in your life. You know, if you want it to flourish, you have to manage it a certain way. And um, there is, you know, if no ifs, ands, buts about it. Um, but, um, you know, in saying that, I will say, you know, look, if you, you know, are able to, you know, um, you know, what you're doing, you know, is bringing in the kind of revenue that will allow you to, you know, uh, hire people, you know, to handle the parts of the business that you don't like, then there you go. You know, I mean, that, that's ultimately what, you know, yeah. I think where a lot of people, even if you just want a small operation, which is fine, you know, you don't have to have a big, you know, situation in order for your business to run. I mean, some people, they like that, but, you know, if you just want to have a, you know, say a small to mid-sized company, again, you delegate the work, but that only comes from you being able to, you know, start, um, you know, at a certain place where you also understand how your business is run, you know, because otherwise you're not going right. to know what you need and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, it just, it, you know, what do you want? Do you want, you know, the hobby or do you want to live off your, your art, you know, because even, you know, visual like painters and those kinds of guys who really aren't like business people. And they'll, oftentimes they'll tell you, I'm not really a business person. You know, I just enjoy art. They have people around them that understand those roles and that, you know, there are people who right. are happy with being accountants. There are people who enjoy law. So they, that's what they do. You know what I'm saying? There's, you know, so, um, you know, if you can afford to do though, you know, to hire that kind of, you know, those kinds of individuals to build up your business, then, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, that's what you look for. Otherwise, you know, it's just a hobby. And again, that, there's nothing wrong with that either. Those are great answers. And you're off the hot seat, um, I guess, <laughs> I guess that's the way I'll put it. Uh, so, you know, we have a, a few minutes left be, uh, before we wrap up here. Um, feel free to um, plug whatever you want to plug, your social media, your website, whatever you guys want to plug. Um, this has been a treat for me. So thank you. Hey, thanks. Thanks again for having us. Oh, yeah, and, um, yeah uh, you know. Yeah, you, folks, you know, I get more information on, on all that we do. First, foremost, at shaolinjazz.com. Um, we're also on Twitter, Instagram, at shaolinjazz. Um, but, uh, coming up actually, uh, next week on Thursday, August 20th, we'll be, um, not only presenting, uh, continuing to present another one of our Can I Kick It live stream screenings, but this time around, we're actually going to be teaming up with the, uh, once again, teaming up with the, uh, Free Year Gallery of Art, um, uh, in Smithsonian to, uh, present a film, uh, as part of the 25th annual Made in Hong Kong Film Festival. So, uh, we'll be presenting a film, uh, on Thursday, the, the 20th of August, and it will be a, a screening of, uh, kind of a contemporary martial arts cult classic film called kill zone two. Uh, so that, that will start probably at about 8 PM. 
Um, it's going to be free uh, screening. So uh, just go over to shallenjazz.com for more information, or you can even go to the uh, Free Gallery of Art uh, Smithsonian um, website for more information on that as well. But, um, uh, you know, we, we continue to do this live stream um, series uh, once every two weeks. Um, that same weekend, too, or same day, really, the, the 20th and the 21st, we're also um, going to be doing a um, special uh double header screening for the 46th annual uh, National Society of Black Engineers convention, uh, NSBE convention. So for any, you know, NSBE folks out there, um, look out for us uh, that Thursday and Friday, the 20th and 21st, we'll be uh, doing two, two Can I Kick It screenings, uh, live stream screenings uh, just for the convention audience. So, um, so yeah, we got some stuff on the horizon coming up and still staying busy, COVID or not. <laughs> Right on. Well, that's great. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll conclude the show. Um, so for uh, Shaolin Jazz, this is uh, Rob Lee saying there's art in and around Baltimore. You just have to look for it.